to me. Definitely not in Hong Kong. We're the days you know this is. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. You make it sound like some kind of ABC after school special. Or like, back, oh. back when Saved Jim, by the Bell. Jimmy, Jimmy got hooked on drugs. It's a very special episode. Yeah, or that uh, that uh, uh, Rob Lowe one where uh, he like impregnates a, impregnates a girl or whatever. Or Oh, I saw that one. When, uh, um, what's, his, what's her face, Jesse gets hooked on uh, speed. Yes. speed uh, yes. Saved by the Bell. This is not one of those. Yes. Unfortunately, if you want to read about, yeah. if you want to read about my drug uh, usage, um, the most recent, right. uh, the most recent Substack newsletter, uh, I talk a little bit about it in relation to that bonkers San Jose Vancouver match last oh, night. Oh God! You can, you can, you can subscribe. You can subscribe to the uh, to the Substack, the days I know Um, go there, click subscribe. The only way to find out. Me. It's totally free. It. Yeah, you can yep. go and read. Yeah, we're not here to talk about MLS. We're here to talk about motherfucking Wigan and yeah, the crazy right. shit that is happening with Wigan and with the goddamn and, for that, and for that we brought on uh, a longtime Dave guest and contributor, um, the official barrister of the Daves I know. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> Mr. Luke. Yikes! Yeah, Mr. Luke Craig Esquire. Uh, Luke, how's it going, man? <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's going great. I'm uh, I'm chilling in my basement bunker I've been working out of since March. Uh, got myself a dark and stormy here. So, yeah, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, I'm talking about I get it. Finally, get a chance to like bend someone's ear about this crazy, dumbass English club I've been following for about a decade now. And uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy on everybody who's listening to this. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I think I think we will have fun, and I think this actually is a do- uh, an interesting topic for uh, people who, like me, are interested in both uh, lovable loser soccer teams and vast international conspiracies. Uh, this is right in the sweet spot of that Venn diagram, and 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 poker, and uh, it's yes. This, this is almost this is kind of a James Bond esque uh, uh, thing that's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I was. I was hip, so we'll get to we'll get to that in a second. We'll, we'll get into um, Luke's Wigan fandom and a little bit about the history of the company <laughs> in a second. But I was hip to this whole thing by listening to a podcast called The Price of Football, which I highly recommend if you are a fan of uh, of football finance um, and particularly like English football finance. But they do talk a little bit about MLS and NWSL and things like that. It's a really um, interesting podcast. I mean, again, it's if you are into finance and shit, which not a lot of people are. So there's a very I think there's a very small Venn diagram. As you mentioned, Luke, and we are both very much. I mean, even though I support Liverpool, like I, when I first heard about this story, I was like, "Holy shit!" I captured yeah. text Luke yesterday to like let him know about this. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and so, I think some of the villains in the EFL in this story have have a history of fucking around within uh, Liverpool's front office in the past. Oh yeah. So yes, uh, you know we're 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 very much, uh, and they're very similar communities in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Well, um, 
why don't you start us off and and what sure. you uh, regale us with uh, with how you became a Wigan fan <laughs> of all the fucking teams. Uh, well, in the English Football League, you picked, you picked Wigan. <laughs> and, and partly this is just me being a weirdo here. But uh, basically, I picked Wigan because uh, that's where my grandfather was born. Uh, my, uh, my dad's side of the family immigrated here from Scotland, Northern England, Wales, and Ireland, kind of all simultaneously in, the, uh, in about 1915. And my, my granddad was born in Wigan proper. Um, and I, I didn't know much about it until I kind of got interested in family history about 10 years or so again, which is about the same time I started uh, really paying more attention to um, soccer in general and as well as English soccer. I did live in the UK back in 1993, <laughs> um, but at that point, the only uh, I watched more rugby than I watched soccer when I was there for some reason, um, and Man U was kind of the only thing on my radar when I was there, so... Uh, so I decided to start following Wigan because what the hell, my, my, my grandpa Harry was from there. Um, and I kind of, it's kind of this funny thing where you, you know, choose a, choose to start following a team for an arbitrary reason and you find more and more reasons to like them. Um, it's so, almost like the team finds you. Like, it, yeah, kind of. It looks kinda. like you're finding the team, but the team actually finds you. <laughs> so, and, and I'll, I'll be very upfront the reason to like them is not necessarily the quality of play on the pitch. Um, they've, uh, they've done some extraordinary things on, on the pitch. Uh, but for me, it's more about the community and the culture of, of Wigan. Um, and just by way of background, Wigan itself is a, uh, a kind of a mid-sized town. It's, it's almost directly between Liverpool and Manchester. Uh, if you go 20 miles West, you'll be in Liverpool. If you go 20 miles East, you'll be in Manchester. Um, they identify a bit more strongly with Manchester, although there's quite a bit of sympathy with Liverpool as well. Um, it's, uh, it's background is basically kind of a coal mining community. Uh, it actually, Wigan became sort of a synonymous with the idea of working class poverty in Northern England. Uh, when George O'Rell wrote a book in 1937 called the road to Wigan pier. And it describes you know, uh, uh, people who uh, were so poor they could only raise their kids, their babies had to live in coal bins and crazy shit like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's been the butt of a lot of jokes within the UK. Um, if you want to get me really mad, uh, uh, have me listen to a bunch of like rich dudes from London area talking shit about Lancashire and talking shit about Wigan in particular. And uh, that's, that's when Luke becomes a little bit less cheerful and a little bit less, less of a, hey, buddy, how you doing? Um, and I've heard that a couple times and I'm, like, I don't normally get too worked up, but that, uh, um, you, you know, even though I'm, you know, three generations removed from that now, um, but they have this wonderfully just kind of weird culture there. So, um, Wigan was the epicenter of this kind of bizarre dance craze culture in the mid seventies called Northern soul. And, uh, basically what it was is a lot of kids from Lancashire, uh, Liverpool, all that. Um, got jobs on merchant marine ships, ended up coming to America and come, came back with all of these just kind of rare limited release, like seven inch soul records from the 1960s. Um, you know, stuff that was like not Motown, but like two legs down from that. Like maybe they only pressed a couple of thousands uh, of these records. So in the mid seventies, kids started dressing up like Bruce Lee, uh, doing these weird, like, proto breakdancing moves out on the dance floor to speeded up American soul records. Uh, and eventually that got so big that a lot of um, kind of 
kind of also ran a North American soul musicians kind of got a weird second boost by coming and playing shows in Wigan. Uh, they had a place called the Wigan Casino that was actually more of a, uh, a massive nightclub. Um, so a lot of these guys who were kind of down and out by 1973, 1975, their glory days were over after 1967, got this weird second win by coming and playing for all these um, English coal miners uh, who just fucking love soul music. And if you go on, go on YouTube, you can pull up all kinds of crazy uh, Northern soul videos. It's a ton of fun. Um, so when, and actually, so when, yeah. I say, so, so, so I don't know if you listen to the men in blazers podcast, but like Roger, Roger Bennett talks about his Liverpool breakdance crew. Like that yes. was actually a fucking thing. This is kind of the precursor to that, but okay. you can see in 1975, a bunch of skinny white boys doing the worm um doing some of these things that turned into american breakdance moves you know seven years later or so it's it's just oh kind of nuts um, right. so the other big thing in wigan is pies obsessed with pies um there's a thing called the wigan kebab where it's actually like three small hands meat pies on a on a stick uh you can get that the big one is having pie on a barm which is literally just a meat pie served in a big like biscuit or or bun butter bun type situation uh probably not probably not doctor recommended but uh they love it so <laughs> it was so wasn't enough yeah. carbs in the pies so yeah no not enough <laughs> carbs we have not had enough carbs or gravy yet so more please yeah so okay. don't get your don't get your cholesterol checked after a trip to wigan so what um, so, so when specifically did you start following wigan you mentioned uh, i think about 2012 about 2013 okay. um 2012 is when jim oliver got me to start going out to see what was then Minnesota Stars games out at Nessie. So right, be um, right before some of the glory that we're going to talk about here in a hot second. So. Yeah, I yeah, I, I kind of got in on the on the tail end of their of uh, their Premier League run, um, and uh, there's a very goofy fan culture over there. Like I think a Wiganer would feel right at home in Nessie era Minnesota fandom, and sort yeah. of vice versa. Uh, one of the big fan traditions is on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Um, everybody shows up at the stadium wearing absolutely ridiculous costumes. So I remember it must have been 2013, 2012, I was watching their Boxing Day match. And right after the fan whistle, there is a pitch invasion. It's a guy in a giant banana suit getting chased by two guys in Oompa Loompa costumes. <laughs> and that's when I said, you know what? I found my people. This, you know, I mean, you could have you absolutely could have had the Benny Hill music playing in the background. It would have been perfect. Um, so, uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm into it. Like these guys are not, they're not a great team. I'm not yeah. going to lie to anybody about that as far as soccer quality, but, uh, it's just a fun culture over there and, and nobody else is into them. No one, no one, no one's ever going to get on the Wigan bandwagon. So they, uh, they, may, after, kind of, they may after today, man, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll make some converts here. You know, uh, uh, we can, we could probably, I mean, I'm sure we can get West to show Wigan matches at the, at the black heart if uh, people are into it. So I should twist some um, arms on that one. For, yeah. Uh, yeah. For next year. Um, yeah. All right. So, well, tell us a little bit more about the Wigan history. Yeah. So the club itself is, it's actually a newer club. It was formed uh, comparatively new. It was formed in 1932. Uh, Wigan's always been considered to be a bit more of a rugby town, uh, and they've always kind of lived in the shadow of the Wigan Warriors. Um, rugby culture in the UK is pretty weird because it's mostly considered kind of an upper class thing, but there are these pockets of uh, where it really is uh, a working man sport. So Wigan, Hull, uh, throughout Wales, it's much more, it's a, considered still a blue collar sport there. And, um, and so the, the Warriors rugby franchise is, is quite popular there in town. Um, they've always been 
kind of a League Two, kind of a regional fixture in there uh, until a local business tyrant and racist grandpa named Dave Whalen uh, buys the club in about 1995. Um, and we'll talk about Dave a little bit more later because we're going to have to talk about the ownership of the club in the last <laughs> in the last while here. Um, and, so whatever, and, and whatever. Former, former footballer too. He played, you know. Yes. Um, he I played for Blackburn and, and Crew Alexander. Yes, um, and and so. then he uh, and then he broke his leg on the eve of an FA Cup appearance. Yeah. and he'll he'll never shut up about that. Yeah. Um. So also, there's a lot of also, very and also yeah. racist granddad. So <laughs> super racist grandpa. So there's a lot of very uh very legitimate criticisms of Dave Whalen, um that we'll probably get into a little bit here. But he did start gradually investing more money more money in the club. Um, he's building up a campaign to eventually get them promoted to the Premier League, and they finally do get promoted in 2005. Um, they were they didn't exactly make a huge mark in the Premier League. They were usually just barely avoiding rele- relegation. Uh, but one uh, very historic moment came in 2013. They won the 2012-2013 FA Cup with a 1-0 victory against Man City at Wembley Stadium when Ben Watson nodded in a winning goal in stoppage time. Um, so we will never stop singing, we beat Man City, we beat Man City on a Watson goal. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Only, I'll say, the only team to beat Man City in an FA Cup final uh, in the 2000s, period. Yeah, so, right, um, right. I mean, granted, they've only been in three, or, you know, since then, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but. Well, and and... They've they've had a rivalry with Man City going back from when Man City was not uh, not a super club either. Yeah. So, oh yeah. They played it. Yeah. They um, played it in the. They played a lot of the in the second division together, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of lot of history there. Back before all um, that fucking so, oil money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Back when they're at Main Road. Um, so uh, in, in true Wigan fashion, they win the FA Cup and they get relegated all in the same week. Uh, because we can never have anything unambiguously good happen. In- <laughs> um, and I, and let me jump in here, because I think that is the yeah. only time that's ever happened in the history yeah. of English football, <laughs> that they win the <laughs> FA Cup. So you're going to play in Europe, and you're also relegated <laughs> to the second division yeah. of your... <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the vibe I get from every Wigan supporter I've talked to, I'm mostly on Twitter or whatever, is I think 80% of them would say, I would rather have won... I would rather have taken that FA Cup and especially have taken it from Man City than stay in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, you know, we're <laughs> we're just not a Premier League type club. Although, the, I mean, the goal is always to get back up there, but you know, let's let's be honest about this. Uh, so that was kind of a that was kind of a highlight in their in their run. Um, since 2013, they've been in relegation. They've been bouncing back and forth between the Championship and League One. Um, they had some fun teams over the last couple of years. They had. Uh, Will Griggs uh, of Will Griggs is on fire fame for a while there. Um, it was a good time. They won the League One 2017-2018 season. Um, and then they knocked Man City out of the FA Cup yet again. I think they might have done it three times. I'm not sure now. Yeah, um, I think you're right. So kind of scrapping. So they, they got up into the, into the championship again. On, in November 2018 – the club announces a long-rumored sale to Hong Kong investors, and it turns out it's a Hong Kong investment group called International Entertainment Corporation, IEC, um, for a grand total. Me, yeah, we're actually going to this. We're this is actually where we're going to start kind of getting into the into the some of the skullduggery and craziness. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, skullduggery I, alert. 
Hit, hit the Kill Bill sirens. I will say, yeah. I will say, um, Wigan is, you know, they were only in the Premier League for about eight seasons, but they do have some very good uh, high-class um, facilities and things like that. Like, this is a team yeah. that would be well-suited c- coming back into the, into the Premier League. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be like a Bournemouth where there's like 8,000 8, fans in the ear in your stadium. It's, it's no, I, I it's, think, I think DW stadium can fit 22, 23,000. Yeah. I mean, they, they can slot right back in pretty easily. Yeah. Anyways. So, so I'll point yeah. that out. So yeah, let's, uh, so let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that sort of that ownership transition from racist grandpa to um, <laughs> Hong Kong poker players. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there, there had been rumors about a sale to Hong Kong investors literally for years before that. Um, for some reason that I, I haven't totally figured out, the club does have a big presence in Hong Kong. There's a big support. There's a big Hong Kong-based supporters group uh, for some reason. So maybe they're just weirdos like me, but I, I, I'm not sure what the background is on that. So a company called IEC uh, is going to buy them for a what seems to me like a kind of a low price of 22 million pounds. Um, seems a little cheap, but who knows? Um, after they announced the sale, the Cub goes on competing roughly the bottom third of the championship, manages to steer clear of relegation. And uh, we should probably point out, because this is important here, this club has never been profitable. It's always operated at a loss in the modern era. You don't own Wigan Athletic to make money. You either own it because you're a rich fuck who wants to be able to say that you own a soccer team uh, when you're in a dick measuring contest with other rich fucks. Uh, And I think that was most of Dave Whalen's motivation, or because you're a rich fuck, who actually loves the community and the club and wants people to be happy. And I think that was a little bit of Dave Whalen too. Um, he's, yeah. he's an ambiguous character <laughs> in all of this here. And, um, and the other thing too is that like most EFL, like most English football league teams don't make a profit. A lot no, of, a lot of no. uh, Premier League teams are barely scratching by in a, in a good season, let alone, yeah. pandemic, let alone a pandemic season. And let's keep in mind too, so like, we're gonna go. We're gonna go through some more of this stuff here. And I, Luke, I apologize if like I step on any of your. Yeah. Your, no, we're your, all good. There's six pages of notes here, which is fucking <laughs> brilliant. Um, so the so yeah, it was 22 million pounds. Um, they are. Keep that number in your mind because what they are actually sold for, in a, in a couple years is is, fucking bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's some. So, make sure, uh, so keep about twenty-two million pounds in your head, which is <laughs> right. I mean, that's 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 what seems that's like a reasonable price for like a second division, second right? Slash third division soccer team in in England and in, in Europe for that matter. Like that's pretty yeah, much what it costs to buy in. My yeah, to buy which, a second division type yeah, team. Yeah, which which is going to seem weird to to people who are used to like the American sports franchise ownership, where like now to get into. I think Charlotte's paying like three hundred million dollars to get into yeah. MLS. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the reasons for that are should be obvious. Number one, MLS is like you know it's a um, a money laundering factory um, for these yes, guys, <laughs> and, um, and also there's st- stability in in the you're never going down to the second division. You know when yeah. you buy a, when you buy a team in in any other country in Europe, you have to you know promotion relegations of things, so you can get clubs a lot cheaper in mm-hmm. Europe, but you then need to like put the money to invest to make sure that they go yeah. up and they stay up. So yeah. keep that, keep those yeah. in mind. And then I'll, I will let you, I will let you continue. Yeah. And my, my theory is if you can get a championship club on the cheap, you know, you're basically buying a lottery ticket for a chance to get promoted at the Premier League and get a, get a piece of that TV, uh, that TV profit sharing. So there's, you know, there are ways to try and make money off this in the long run, 
but as in as far as like this is not like buying a, a subway franchise where you're just gonna um you're just gonna take the title over this thing and then just kind of count the money coming in yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be paying you're gonna be paying into it you're not gonna see profits that you're gonna be able to take right away um and i think dave whalen for all of his faults um and we could maybe have a sidebar about that if we want to um but he did i mean he did keep the club up and running and functional and competitive um through all this time so i don't, I don't know enough about yeah. dave whalen Let, let's you can google dave whalen if you want to like really get into it yeah so um unless you want to unless you want to sidebar very quickly i want to want to check no, I, so Dave Whalen is Dave Whalen is your racist grandpa. That's basically it. And he said some really dumb stuff on tape uh, back around 2014, 2015. Um, so you know, keep that in mind. Uh, I, I would I would call it kind of gross misdemeanor level racist grandpa stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, that's easy for me to say too. Uh, at any rate, so IEC buys buys the club in 2018. And then, really, within the last six weeks is when shit got weird. Yeah. And so, can, can I stop you for a second? So yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it's uh, what does the acronym stand for? Um, In, uh, International Entertainment Corporation. Yeah. So this is based on my research. This is basically a, a, a Hong Kong-based company that like it runs casinos and hotels and things. Yeah, and it's it's basically the business front for a professional poker player named yes. Stanley Choi. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And uh, but the and, weird thing and, it's yeah. I'm going back to the to, for the price of football uh, podcast is basically like they were so they bought this you know they were trading on the Hong Kong stock exchange and actually like yes. doing fairly well. Right. And, and then I'm I'm not sure this probably will come up but like basically then a thing happens and um and their their stock is losing a shit ton of value um and i think that is yeah like triggers this so why don't you tell us what happened right. about six weeks ago so yeah so, so about six so june 4 iec announces that they have sold wigan to another hong kong organization called the next leader fund or nlf and the uh like NLF. we said before yeah, yeah, I, and I keep wanting to say NFL, but that's not right. Yeah, um, based, so they're they're they're, a, they're an organization based in Hong Kong, but like headquartered in the, in the Cayman Islands, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. This 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 is where we start getting into the James Bond level shit here. Um, so what we were told at the time is that Stanley Choi is the chairman of IEC. He owns more, but he also owns more than fifty percent of NLF. So I think when the sale first went through, I think the chatter, at least in, in Wiganville, was, okay, this is just some weird reshuffling of some minority shareholders. Um, Stanley Choi is basically just putting a different, temp, you know, a different front organization on this thing. Yeah. It's still basically going to be Stanley Choi at the end of the day. So I was initially kind of unconcerned. I'm like, well, this is just some dumb shuffling around. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But then on June 24. A guy named, I mean, I'm probably going to fuck this name up. I Pardon me, everyone. I'm going to say O. Young, who was initially a minority shareholder in NLF, was now stated to become an owner of more than 75% of NLF. And, and now, actually, I take that back. Now they're saying he's 100% owner. So it's a complete takeover from IEC. O. Young's job vocation is running a bunch of casinos in the Philippines. So we've got more gambling connections going on here. All right. 
So let me stop you for a second. Yeah. There's, I think there's a few facts that are that also are fucking bonkers here. Yeah, I As I mentioned, NLF uh, formed in the Cayman Islands was formed right. in January of this year. January That's of 2020. Right. So I think you buried the lead on that one. This company mm. is six, less than six months old when they buy uh, Wigan. Um, right. Uh, this, right. This all young person, if you Google, if you try – and it's a it's so it's a uh, June A-U-N-A-U-Y-E-U-N-G. Um, yes. If you try googling this person, nothing shows up. This person is no. literally no. does not exist. No, um, no one's ever actually. <laughs> no one from the and, and we can talk. We'll talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about the EFL and their whole their whole part of the right. chicanery. Yeah. Later, no one yeah. from the EFL has actually met this person or no. seen this person. <laughs> No, this person literally. This is this is where the James Bond comes in. This person literally does not exist. No, he may not exist. He he may be someone who is currently ground into the foundations of one of those Filipino casinos. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> or, I that, or something. That's, keep that also in the back of your mind because yeah, oh, this is this thing is the most like bonkers bad shit thing right. you've ever heard. So yeah, um, please continue. Did Stanley Choi go visit a good Swiss uh, plastic surgeon? Who knows. Yeah, that's um, a face-off situation. They fucking did face-off. <laughs> yeah, we got to get John Travolta in on this. This would be awesome. Yeah. And Nick Cage. Yeah, we got to Nick. We got to oh, turn this into a Nick Cage. When they when sure. they make this movie, and they will, and they will make they will they will they will, they will, they will, they will like whitewash it. That is perfect. That's perfect. Hey. <laughs> hey, my my daughter just joined us here. Okay, cut cut. We got to dial back on the cussing. Yeah. So here's here's what we have kind of learned subsequently about this whole deal is NLF was able to quote unquote buy Wigan from IEC because it was given a loan by a IEC for 28 million pounds. Here's the kicker. It has an interest rate of 8%, which goes up to 20% if they don't pay back the loan within 12 months. Okay. Now I, I'm I'm bad at math. Uh, I was better with numbers. I wouldn't have had to go to law school and break my mama's heart. But I, I'm pretty sure that if you've got those kind of finance costs from a loan, you've got to have one whale of, of cash flow moving through just to be able to stay on top of your payments. Uh, unless you're just going to get absolutely buried alive by this thing. This is a like a absolute like mobster type loan tip deal here. So, yeah. so, uh, uh, or, so, and, so, and so, Remember, remember, yeah. we said that 22, 22 million pounds. The actual, I think, the, the the quote unquote like fee to buy the thing was, I believe, around forty million pounds. Mm-hmm. So how you went from buying a a a franchise or not a franchise, you know, a, a soccer team uh, right. for twenty two million pounds, and then turning around and selling it for basically double what it was worth? Yeah, this, this is this in, is in, not in the middle of a goddamn <laughs> in pandemic. The middle of a pandemic. Right. I mean, this, this, is, this is not a, a property that has doubled in value in a year and a half. I'll tell so, you that. This is also, <laughs> and, and, the, and the fucking EFL approved this thing. Well, and that's what we got to talk about here. So, yeah. so the EFL, um, you know, they're the league. They're supposed, to, they're supposed to approve all these sales here. And they have to make a determination that the buyer of one of their clubs is, quote, unquote, fit and proper. Um, as it stands right now, the rules only require that a club buyer show that they have the money to run the club. They don't have to put up any kind of earnest money or bond or surety that requires them to actually use that money. Um, but the penalties for having a club that goes broke are pretty extreme. 
and we're going to talk about that, including a 12-point deduction, which is basically a relegation death sentence um, in almost every instance here. Um, so this sale goes through. This oh young guy allegedly went for the first time. The club's going to need some cash to keep going, uh, which is the way it's always been. It's always needed cash to keep going. And then he basically says, I'm not paying that. And then he hires a bunch of lawyers to put the club into quote-unquote administration. That's basically the UK version of corporate bankruptcy. And he didn't even tell the club directors he was doing any of this. Um, and I think, I think we've got a paragraph here from a journalist named David Kahn that wrote in uh, a July 2nd article in The Guardian that really just kind of sums up how, just how dubious the business logic behind this is. So David Kahn writes, so the facts is set out in are that in the middle of a coronavirus crisis, while football was still shut down and many clubs fear going out of business, O'Young decided to buy Wigan Athletic, a club which even in normal times loses millions of pounds. At first, in partnership with Choi, he paid $17.5 million, giving IEC more than they paid for the club, but also ensured that their $24 million loan was repaid. But then, on the day he took ownership after this $41 million, million pounds, excuse me, purchase, he decided not to fund it and put the club into administration. And so losing control, the 17 and a half million and probably the 24 million too. Like this, this is not, you know, I, I don't have an MBA or anything here, but this does not sound like <laughs> smart business practice to me. Um, so that raises the obvious question is why does a allegedly savvy cutthroat uh, casino operator, um, why would he do something like this? And I, I guess here's where we start getting in skullduggery from the questions that come up from that here. And, um, you know, folks listening to this may, may have seen this if they've been following yeah. sort of, you know, football chatter at all. So uh, there's a guy on Twitter. Oh, go ahead. Well, so before you do this, because this is, this is fucking bonkers. Um, yeah. So a little bit about the I, IEC, NLF um, yeah. things is that um, there's a really great uh, piece. I'll try, and, I'll try and link to some of this stuff. Uh, in the in the post for the show, so people can actually go and read some of these things. Um, so IEC basically, IEC basically like wanted to build another uh, hotel casino thing, um, and their stock prices had tanked in Hong Kong right in the in the last two years, and so right. they announced. So basically, I'm re this reading kind of like skimming from this article um, in the South China Morning Post, um, but it's written by an English guy, so you know yeah. And, and, and we should we should note this is a nearly endless rabbit hole you can go down. Oh God, yeah, um, no, you can spend. Yeah. I, I, I I I've sunk in hours, and I feel like I just basically have just kind of an elevator pitch level understanding of what's going on here. Yeah. So so, ba so basically, uh, so IEC in like February of this year announced they were going to sell uh, Wigan because Wigan was a lot was losing money, obviously as. This club has As it always has. Yep. Entire fucking existence, basically, right? Um, right. <laughs> that turnaround, when they announced that, and, then, and they announced the sale, um, which it looks like from this article, they announced the sale in May, which is weird because it didn't happen until June. Um, so, you know, go figure. Uh, the, uh, the stock prices, like, soar. Um, they're able to yeah. get the funding to build the hotel yeah. casino thing that they want to build in the middle of a goddamn pandemic, which is probably, like, in terms of like buying shit on the cheap, it's probably a great time to build if you want to build, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Assuming you think that it's not going to last as long as you... As <laughs> yeah. it's, but, and, and to be fair, in like in, in the rest of the world, like people are, are doing are the parameters and they're putting things in place to actually like take care of the pandemic and actually like live almost normal lives. Yeah. Unlike well, yeah, how does that weird. feel? Yeah. So anyways, so, so I, I just want to say, that's, <laughs> that's like the reason why I think that most people understand 
the reason why this they wanted to sell and why this sale sure. made sense. Right. And if you can do right. it where you're basically just selling it to yourself, um, and you're guaranteeing that like the forty, the twenty-four million dollars you put into the club is going to get repaid, your stock, your stockholders are like, oh shit, yeah, okay. So like, we're not going to lose any more money. We're going to buy the stock back up and like raise the value of your company. So yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, again, I'm also not an MBA or or um, a financial advisor, <laughs> so please do not um, use any of this advice. We we, sh- we gotta have who are we gotta have Dave Martin and uh, Colin Solberg, our our smart business savvy success win guys. Yeah, uh, really yeah, on the numbers maybe. on this thing. I'll talk. I'll talk to my I'll talk to my finance guy and see if he wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> there we and explain go. This shit. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, uh, so so that's so that's like the general reason why. Now now yeah. I'll, uh, go ahead and continue with the. The, so, crazy, the crazy bonkers reason why this probably <laughs> happened. So he, here's here's where we get into one of my true passions in life, which is absolutely bonkers uh, conspiracy threads on Twitter. And <laughs> we have to give a special shout out to a, a Wiccan supporter who is at Mark Sparko, uh, who on 4th of July weekend, July 3, um, really starts connecting some dots in some ways that just kind of things that make you go, hmm. Um, so the big thing he does is he posts a secret recorded video of a guy named Richard Perry, who is the current head of the English football league. Um, and my understanding is that is not, not particularly beloved to Liverpool fans from some things he did in their front office back in the day. Oh no, he's, um, he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and here's the thing, this video is absolutely horrifying. Um, speaking as a middle-aged white guy, middle-aged white guys should not wear uh, Birkenstocks ever. Just don't. No, you look, you look yeah. like Porky Pig when you do that. So we're looking at Richard Perry's Porky Pig legs, his pale, pasty English Porky Pig legs, and you can hear him quite clearly saying, "There's been all sorts of rumors. There's a rumor about a bet in the Philippines about Wigan being relegated." What do you think that means, folks? It means somebody took out a number somewhere. Who knows for how much um, that Wigan's going to get relegated out of the championship. And I guess we should note um, they had been having a rough season before the COVID break game. I think at end of year they were in really rough shape. Um, yeah, they were they were not in the relegation at that point, but they were like they were they were, they were dancing they were dancing right there though. And they were go, they were going in the wrong direction. They were oh, they were yeah, down. Yeah. They were not they were not like yeah. it wasn't like they were like sort of sitting you know mid table. They were like, you know, pushing their way down the table. Yeah, yeah, they they were they're probably on their way down. Uh, once play resumed again after the the COVID break, and they've kind of been on fire. They have. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, lots of big victories. So if I'm someone who took out a bet that Wigan was going to get relegated, and now I'm watching them climb up the table, I'm going to start getting a little sweaty. Um, and maybe if I'm someone who's in a position to pull some strings to make sure they get relegated, uh, maybe that's something I do. Yeah. So the, the and, inference is, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just want to throw one, one more thing in there. Um, and then is that there, so they're the, the, the front of kit sponsor for Wigan and for a lot of EFL teams is betting companies. I don't, I think yeah. People, yeah. People in the U S don't really realize like you can walk like in most soccer stadiums in England, like you guys like go up to the concourse and like place an in-game bet in the stadium. Right. You don't even yeah. need to like, you don't even need to leave. Like, and no, there's, so that's it's, a, just, it's, a, it's just, it's just like picking up a pint of beer. Yeah. Which you, you just can't bring pint, down into your seat in most English stadiums, which is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so if you're, if you're ever 
interested in the stuff like I'm happy to chat your off like about betting in, in England versus the US. Like there's it's, yeah. it's much different standards and, and that's actually been a big uh, point of contention. Um yeah. that there's you know that this in soccer has a is a long and storied history with uh uh, gambling and throwing matches and oh yeah, I mean, you wrote something oh, yeah. on, our, on our website about that, didn't you? Uh, years ago, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe I might have. Yeah, go, I'll have to go back and look in the. I don't, I don't even, I can find. <laughs> I put I put a lot of quality content out yeah. on the Dave's oh, yeah. so, so, back in the day. So, <laughs> so and this is like, a, like a Hong Kong betting company that is like that's based in Hong Kong. That like yeah. to get sponsored for Wigan. There's there's lots right. of symmetry and stuff around. Well, and, and honestly, if you if you look around, almost all the second divisions in Europe, almost I'd say two thirds of the kit kit sponsors are are betting companies. Yeah. Uh, three two five bet, and especially the UK and Ireland, it is so baked into the culture there. Yep. Um, Ireland even more so. Like you you can bet on anything, anything in Ireland, <laughs> I, which I kind of love. Uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> But me too, which is why I don't live in England. <laughs> Ireland. I, would, I would be broken yeah. destitute and, and oh my god, yeah, because you uh, you can basically go down to the corner shop and put a bet in on just about any anything that can be probabilistically calculated. Oh, and, they're, so, and they're also they're also literally on the corners, like like a fucking liquor store would be. In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh anyway. yeah, yeah. The be- the betting parlors are just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so 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 the pretty clear inference is somebody involved in. The uh, Filipino sports betting world has a lot of money writing on uh, Wigan getting relocated. Uh, and I think clear influence is that this old young guy is either on his own or as a cat's paw for somebody else. Yeah. Um, using and, his power as the nominal owner to make sure that they take that 12-point deduction from going, going into administration. We'll also say that this is all, this is all uh, speculation, and conjecture. Right. This is none yeah. of them proven. So, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to get the clear smoking gun. Uh, <laughs> but this this video of Richard Perry kind of is this a Pruder film of uh, of who shot Wigan Athletic. <laughs> um, so, um, so that is one theory. Um, I'm actually a little more interested in the IE IEC stock price theory. Um, uh, so as as we mentioned, this Kieran McGuire guy. Uh, who who does kind of the economics podcast of, of world football? He goes back through IEC's performance on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, and he notes that its share price has literally tripled in the days following the club uh, sale of the club to NFC or N- NLF, whoever these guys are. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, and the trade volume increased by a factor of 10 to 15 times. They were basically selling uh, uh, 50 to 100 thousand shares a day, and all of a sudden it goes up to 10 million shares. Uh, for several days that's almost more interesting because it sure looks like something you know and this whole thing with them trying to finance another casino construction and all that stuff it looks like there's some pretty massive either inside the trading or or uh or price inflation or something like that i mean who knows maybe someone someone's lined up to kind of a triple par- parlay of betting on Wigan getting relegated fixing the stock price who knows but there's an awful lot of smoke here um, yeah. And if we ever find the fire, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like in some ways the bigger scandal is that the EFL um, let this happen in the first place. So, and, and here's one of the big shockers about the EFL here. We've now learned in the past week or so 
that NLF never actually even received that $28 million loan, pound loan from IEC. They didn't have the money in the bank when the league approved the sale. So now we have a clear question of whether or not the league even abided by its own extremely minimal rules for assuring that the incoming club owner was, was quote unquote, fit and proper. So um, we've obviously got some shady characters playing games, um, using well-loved uh, football clubs as poker chips or whatever. But I think the scarier question is, is do we have a league um, that itself is so corrupt that we can't, uh, we can't expect them to protect our clubs? Yeah. Um, so I'll say the concerning. Yeah, the the, the Wigan MP um, uh, parliament member has, yeah. has weighed in on this. Um, yes, uh, she's, she's also the fire. shadow. She's also the shadow foreign minister. So yes, if, if the uh, <laughs> right if the, the Labour Party ever takes back um, power in England, um, yeah. So oh, she's weighed in on, oh, and, and actually, it, right. honestly, to um, to the EFL point um, that douchebag Perry, um, he's admitted to the BBC that the test could be tightened. Because uh, he has, he right. said that Oh Young had passed, and he says it literally. This is a quote from him: "It's a test that, by definition, the more foreign owners you have, the more difficult it is to apply, because the amount we can gather from publicly available sources is more challenging, especially in Asia. That and and so that's that's the well, quote. There there are several. <laughs> okay. EFL, yeah, right. there are several EFL clubs that are owned by individuals, by Asian companies and individuals. Right. So that's right. Super worrying, and and yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I understand and get the fit and proper rule when everybody that you are that are, you are selling your clubs to are like people who live in the communities. But this is right. Clearly, soccer is like moved well beyond that. They moved well beyond that no. twenty fucking years ago. Um, right now, right. We're seeing, and we're seeing and we're seeing this with uh, the sale of Newcastle United and to the Saudi Arabian government. And you know, they just yeah. murder, murder yeah. journalists and stuff amongst other right. human rights violations. <laughs> right. So. I mean, what's, you know, yeah, I mean, th th this is what's concerning for all of us who've uh, probably invested way too much of our time and emotional energy in supporting these clubs. Um, now that these are basically, our clubs are being used as basically just kind of poker chips by a, a bunch of, you know, uber wealthy sociopaths. Um, who, who's protecting the clubs? Who's protecting us in the long run <laughs> uh, is a yeah. big question. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I have this dream in the long run that, I mean, my theory of, of football clubs, soccer clubs, is that the, the owners don't really provide anything. The true value comes from the on the field and, you know, in-house talents uh, that make the soccer product. And then the other rest of it comes from the supporters who make it, uh, who make the whole thing come alive. Um, yeah. You know, watching all these games and being played in empty stadia right now, something's missing i hate to say it something's missing it doesn't feel right without a bunch of supporters going bonkers um, so yeah so to that point what what's what's happening right now with wigan so yep so what's going on at the club right now well let's get into the bad news so tons of staff layoffs um they are operating an absolute uh skeleton crew uh inside the house right now the players are all playing at 20 percent of their wages right now um, and these guys were on championship contracts, which are, you know, better than playing in like USL or whatever. Um, but some of them are not exactly raking in the dough. And now you've taken an 80% pay cut, um, you know, on a career trajectory that has, you know, not a super long lifespan. You're not going to play too far past your, past your early to mid thirties. if yeah. you're lucky. I mean, they have, uh, they have a, they have so a couple, 
they have a couple of young of young talents. They have a, a young American yes. actually that yes. they almost sold to, to it was AC Milan over the yeah. January. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they do have some young kids uh, who are right. prospects that they could sell. Um, and right. I'm sure we'll talk about that in, in a second. So not yeah, everybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. So and that that's the other bad news. If they get relegated, it's going to trigger a relegation release clause in a lot of the, in a lot of the contracts of their more talented players. Um, so they're really going to get decimated if they do go down. So that's okay. a major concern here. Um, but I think in a weird kind of way, uh, following this more and more, it's been super encouraging to see how much um, the community there in Wigan and frankly, the, the soccer football community everywhere has kind of rallied around this club. Um, a, both demanding some accountability and some justice for what happened here, uh, but also trying to keep the club alive. Um, so there's a ton of cool stuff going on right now. There's in locally in Wigan, there's supporters literally going door to door to do some fundraising to, um, support the staff who got laid off and frankly keep club alive. Um, I know you're, you've got some links ready to go for things, uh, folks here in the United States can do. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I'll, I'll say these right now and I'll say these again at the end of the podcast. Um, they're doing crowdfunding. There's like two different crowdfunders right now, crowdfunding things that are happening right now. Um, if you just, if you Google, um, it's, it's crowdfunder.co.uk and there's a lot of words mm-hmm. after. If you, just, if you Google crowdfunder, um, C-R-O-W-D-F-U-N-D-E-R and Wigan, like these yeah. are the first two things that pop up. There's, there's one, it's the, just the official um, at Wigan Athletic Football Club fundraiser. They have raised over 150,000 uh, pounds um, with a stretch goal of 250,000 pounds. And that's to do things like pay for, literally pay for fucking gas so that they can drive to their right. game. They only have two more right. games left, but also to like yeah. pay for things like keeping staff on at the club shop so that people, cause like merch is where you make a lot of your money. Right. Um, yes. paying, like paying staff for that, paying people literally to like, you know, again, buy gas to put it into the, the lawn mowers to cut the fucking grass of their, of their stadium. <laughs> it, it's come to this. It really, it's tru- <laughs> it truly, truly, truly yeah. is like a grassroots effort. Right. And then there's another right. one, which is, um, it's, uh, like a, they're basically creating a wall of hope, um, where they're, yes. they're, 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 they're trying to build a wall, um, with all, like having like bricks with everybody's name who kicks in. Yes. So, so I, yes. this would be something like literally like every single football sport, if you can afford to do it right now. And we know, obviously these are really tough times. Yeah. Yeah. We ask people give us money, you know, weekly or month, sorry, monthly. And I know that's like, I'm super appreciative of everybody who's kept doing that. And really, you know, it, it's, so it's really tough time. And there's lots of this Wigan isn't the only club that's going through some sort of financial crisis. Most EFL clubs are most league one mm-hmm. and championship clubs are, um, this mm-hmm. is particularly egregious and particularly bad. So yeah. you have, a few extra uh, shekels in your pocket, um, kick them over to, uh, to Wigan Athletic. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and I will say that, I mean, the culture there is very open-handed, very generous, very similar to Minnesota fans in a lot of ways. Like I said, um, I think there's kind of a little bit of a spiritual kinship between sort of dark clouds type folks and, and, and Wigan supporters in a lot of ways. So they've, in the past, there's been a very uh, philanthropic and, and charitable um, culture within Wigan supporters. Uh, last year, a guy uh, walked backwards all the way to Leeds from Wigan, 58 miles, uh, as, a, as a fundraiser for a uh, uh, child developmental disability charity. So they do some fun, wacky stuff, and they've and and they've and I, I feel like if Minnesota was ever in the same boat, I would not be surprised if folks in the Wigan area 
uh, we're doing a little bit to try to help us out too. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's something, the way to get involved here. And frankly, the support and, and everything online has been great seeing Lisa Nandy and some other folks within UK politics get involved. I think it's been gratifying here. Um, there is going to be an appeal on the point deduction piece here. Uh, people, at least what I'm seeing, people are not super optimistic that's going to happen. Um, but eh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so currently, currently Wigan, and you'll, and you'll talk about like how their, their form coming out of the break here, but currently they're in 13th place, 13th place yep. on 57 points um, yes. for that 12 point deduction. Though yeah. it's being contested. So who, you know. Who <laughs> right. Um, so here, yeah. Here, yeah, so here's where the James Bond movie kind of morphs into a feel-good, lovable losers, bad news bears style sports movie. Um, they have been kicking ass as all this has been going on. You know, getting paid one fifties. Um, they've got nine clean sheets out of the last ten games. That's pretty extraordinary, uh, especially for a club that's historically been a little leaky on defense. Um, and then on Tuesday, um, I got whiplash trying to keep what happened, uh, keep, keep track of the score on their game against Hull. Um, oh, you and I had been DMing each other as, as this was going on, and we couldn't even keep track of it. Yeah, Hull, uh, Hull who is currently sitting in, in 23rd place right now, or no, 22nd place. Yeah. 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 Woo, baby. It's going to smart. Yeah. Um, long story short, they beat Hull 8-0. to zero. Um, <laughs> One of the most historic beatdowns of the modern era in, in the championship. Um, and at least I'm, I'm not totally sure how the math works, but some people are saying the goal differential alone may be enough to keep them out of the top zone. Um, even with yeah. the 12 point deduction. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how things shake out. we got a couple more to go here. So I, I, um, I can help, I can help you out on that. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you who they, who they got coming up. Um, so if yeah. they, if, if that 12 point deduction happens, um, they'll, they're, they'll drop down to 45 points, which is tied with whole city. Um, but, but, Wigan's goal differential is like plus one and Hull yeah. City is like negative 26. So yeah. And goal differential, didn't help them at all. So. <laughs> yeah. Goal differential might very well be the, the, the thing that yeah. keeps them up. Um, so currently they are, so technically um, if, if we in, include that 12 point drop, they are in 21st place. Um, two points behind the team that they play on Saturday morning, Charlton, who are currently on 47 points. And then, so they, if you win that uh, away to Charlton, um, that, I think that pretty much guarantees that they're going to stay up, um, even with a 12-point deduction. Um, Knock on wood, yeah. If they, if they do not, if they lose that game um, or mm -hmm. they only get a point there, um, they play their final game of the year next Wednesday afternoon, home to Fulham. Uh, Fulham is on 77 points. They're currently in fourth place. Um, Fulham, so the, in the – championship and in the lower divisions of England there's there's playoffs um for you know the, the third spots for promotion um so Fulham is is currently they're locked into the playoffs for promotion they're currently um they're actually locked into fourth place they have fourth place secured so they're gonna have uh, a home game uh two-legged you know a, a home match um at fourth uh they're four points behind Brentford in third they're five points off of West Brom in second um, so they have a mm -hmm. outside, a very, very outside shot of playing for something uh, on that final Wednesday of the season. Um, but really, they're not going to get second. So, so first and second in the championship are automatic promotion spots. Right. Um, third through six play in a playoff system. Uh, so they're they are basically 
you know, if West Brom gets a point um, either this weekend or on Wednesday, um, there's no chance of Fulham, like, either dropping out of the playoff or making the best. So they're probably going to want to rest their players. They played a lot of games over the course of the last, you know, six weeks. Um, yeah, they're probably it's been a so real packed schedule. There's so Fulham basically has nothing to play for next week. So you know, I think there's an, a very good chance that Wigan is going to get enough points to secure promotion, which is uh, a, it, even if we include that drop. And there's right. no way that Wigan right. could get into the playoffs even if they if they they won these last two games. So like literally, they're playing for yeah. their lives, and hopefully, yeah. like they won't yeah. even need to worry about that um, yeah. at all. And I think yeah. Fulham, knowing knowing Fulham as a club, I think Fulham might just, you know, play some of the young guys on that last game because they got shit else to play for. Play, and, play your kids. Yeah, play your kids, I, Fulham. I, that's, uh, <laughs> Fulham is a, Fulham is a, if, you're, if you're an American football fan looking yeah. to get into a, a lower division team, um, Fulham is a good one. Fulham has, has a very long history with Americans. Yes. And are yes. Very, could very well be in the, uh, in the uh, EPL next year. So. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's, yeah. where we're, that's sort of where they sit um, in terms of right. like, you know, what's going on right yeah. now. And yep. I know you have a couple other notes here. Yeah, and just you know, the other kind of ray of sunshine here is there's some talks. It sounds like uh, the Wigan Warriors Rugby Club may become the new owners of the soccer team now. Um, talks are moving along. It sounds like a sale might even be completed by the end of the month. That would be amazing because that has been one of the big uh, kind of weird dividing lines of the community is uh, traditionally the – Soccer fans and the rugby fans have not gotten along. Um, the rugby fans have kind of lorded it over the soccer fans a little bit. Um, so seeing those unlikely bedfellows finally come together, um, it would be pretty crazy. It would be a pretty yeah. cool sort of storybook ending to, to the, our Bad News Bears story <laughs> here. Um, so really, I just, you know, I think, I think the lesson is, even if you don't care about Wigan in particular, I think, as I've been saying, I think there's a lot of things to be concerned about here. If you are a soccer fan at any level, in any world, uh, any league, any country, um, the fact that uh, we, the fans and the players and, the, and the, the support staff and all that are kind of at the mercy of these weird financial shenanigans by these just, you know, shadowy, uh, players out there who are, you know, in some cases, you know, either the state of Saudi Arabia, a bunch of fucking genocidal murderers, um, or just some shadowy dudes who are running casinos in the Philippines or whatever. Um, and I, I think, I, I think long term, we... gambling losses with, uh, with, with show right. corporations. Right. I mean, it, it just sucks that this thing we love is at the mercy of some of the worst fucking people on earth. And, you know, big picture, I think we got to talk about or think about ways we can change that. Uh, I think community ownership, supporter ownership of clubs um, is something we should be working towards and pushing towards in the long run here. Um, it's not going to be something that happens in 2020, that's for sure. Um, but I'd, I'd love to see us finding some ways to work towards that goal. Um, you know, sort of like what Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis City has. Um, but let's, let's move that up, uh, up, the leagues, up the league thing. Frankly, kind of like the Green Bay Packers has. Um, there's no reason that that model wouldn't work um, for other soccer clubs, I don't think. Or, I mean, there's a really great soccer comparison, the, the fucking Bundesliga, for yeah. the most part. I mean, right. we've, and we've talked on this podcast about some of the crazy, weird shenanigans happening with Bundesliga and, and with some of the right. district groups there, like uh, yeah. Red Bull and uh, at Hoffenheim yeah. and all that. But yeah. there's a, a sustainable model. It's a lot better. Yeah, it's not going to be as lucrative as as you know 
you're murdering genocide uh, country owning a team. So this is what I say to to a lot of people, to anybody who um, bitches about their ownership group in American sports and doesn't follow anything that's going on in terms of of, of football across the rest of the world. um, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, is a fucking idiot. James Dolan, owner of the Knicks and the Rangers, is a goddamn moron and probably a terrible owner. He's not a genocider. Like – Right. Teams owned by genociders. <laughs> so right. say what you want. And those guys are terrible owners. Um, right. They're, they're the, the, the worst possible people to like take care of a franchise that, right. as you as you, alluded, you mentioned many, many times, like these things don't exist without us, without supporters, without yeah. fans. Um, at least they're not genociders. James Dolan's band might be like a genocider in terms of just like, you know, I'm going to say off of music. But yeah, it's not a Jerry, Jerry, oh God, that's right. I, I think Jerry Jones has probably been on some billionaire's private island to engage in, shall we call it, the ultimate sport. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Jerry Jones has shot a man. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. All right. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add on this, Luke? Otherwise, no, I, have a couple no, questions. I, think, I think it was good. Good quick chat here. So yeah. I, I hope people enjoyed this. I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, and I think it does raise some interesting questions. So yeah. Um, ho- hopefully this will be something that kind of galvanizes the entire footballing community all over the world to uh, really assert our rights and, and what we've, what we, the fans and the players have created for ourselves their big picture. So that's yeah. all I have to say. So, so we, have, we do have a couple questions um, that I want to throw out there. Oh uh, yeah. So, so Doreen, you mentioned pies. Doreen had yes. specific <laughs> questions about pies. Um, anything more you want to add? Uh, so her question was, uh, please, or you know, their question was, please talk about a lot about the variety of pies typically enjoyed by yes. Wigan fans in the stands, or pies they eat in the Wigan, eat in Wigan in general, or just about pie. Doreen um, very much wants you to talk about pie. So I'll, yeah, I'll so yeah, so I, like I said, pie pies are a huge part of the culture there. Uh, Wigans are colloquially known as the pie eaters um, throughout the UK. Um, the backstory on that is that. Uh, Either it's because they are so enthusiastic about pies, but then there's another story that they that said in a 1926 coal strike, uh, the Wigan miners were the first ones to cave in and have to go back to work, so they had to eat a lot of humble pie. That made them the pie eaters. I'm not sure about that. I I, I don't like that idea, but it may be true. I hope not. Um, all kinds of pies. Um, if it's a savory handheld pie, it a Wiganer will eat it. Um, it must be genetic because I feel the same way. I will eat literally anything that you put in a pie crust. I don't care. Frog brains, whatever. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll eat anything if it's in a savory pie crust. Uh, slap some gravy on it, put a crust on it, I'm in. Um, and uh, you can actually, if you go on YouTube, there are some very funny videos of dudes in Wiggins reviewing pies um, from the front seat of their, from, um, front seat of their vans. Um, it's, a very, uh, it's a very Wigan dad thing to do is just sit in your van and eat a pie and bellow into a camera for five minutes straight so uh yeah you know like i said the wigan kebab and the and the pie in a barm are the are the big uh twists on pies they do host the world pie eating championship as well so nice. if you're a true pie acolyte you got to go there someday all right and then uh the other question that uh mj raised he he wanted to know your your origin story which was a dumb fucking question of course we're talking about your <laughs> well, yeah i think we kind of we kind of touched MJ. on that a little bit yeah of course and, and that's funny because uh mj actually knows my mom and dad too so <laughs> yeah of so, course of, of course, course. 
Of course we're going to talk about your goddamn origin story. Um, the second question, the second question, which actually I, I, I do appreciate, oh. though, MJ, this is a good question. What, uh, what grudges or fondness do, uh, do you hold for one Roberto Martinez? Oh, that's right. Um, I actually, and I, I think most Wigan people feel the same way, um, largely very positive about Roberto Martinez. Um, you know, I mean, we – you know, we did crash out on his watch and he kind of uh, failed upwards to go on to Everton from there, um, which it felt a little weird, but you know, we won that FA cup under him. We had some good times. Um, he's just, he's a likable guy. Um, so, you know, I, I would say largely positive. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd be trapped on a desert island with him for a while. That's fine. I wouldn't have to move him. And he's, okay. he's a better coach. He's a better coach than many of his successors in the following years, uh, including insanely racist Melky Melkerson, who is the guy who baited Dave Whalen and sing some incredibly stupid shit <laughs> on the record. So. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So um, you can, uh, you can always find us uh, at the Dave's I know.com. Um, you can read some of Luke's writing. Luke hasn't written for us in a while, but he definitely, and he, sh- I think, I think, man, you, I think you should, you, we should, there should be some, some sort of writing about this thing. Maybe when it's all over, yeah. all said and done, yeah. Um, yeah. you can dive into some of the conspiracy theories. But um, <laughs> he, he, wrote, he wrote about uh, George Way. Um, he wrote oh, that's about, right. um, was it Pablo Escobar? No, or was it? Uh, um, uh, Rene Iguaita, who was Pablo's buddy yeah. in prison. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. long story. Yeah, yeah. But, Go- goats yeah. and soccer. Um, he's, written some, he's written some crazy bonkers oh. stuff for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, Finnish Swamp Soccer, I think, was a big one. Yes. Yeah, lots of, lots of butts, lots of butts in that article, if you like looking at butts. Yeah, I'll try and find, I'll try and find, I'll try and find some of his, some of his, his, his greatest (laughs) hits and, uh, and throw them up, throw them up in the notes. Um, and Luke, where can people find you if they want to, if they want to engage you more of your conspiracy (laughs) theory? So, if you love love weird, uh, cultural theorizing, uh, conspiracy theories, um, um, angry political takes, uh, stuff like that. You can hit me on Twitter at, at born with a tail underscore. Um, I'm trying to be good these days, but sometimes I can't help myself. So, uh, so consider yourself warned. You've been noticeably off Twitter recently, which I've, which I've like, I've just been like, okay, all right. Um, I've been, I've been saving my ammo. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have a, then I'll get a, I'll get a wild hair. Oh yeah, we so, got a fuck, we got a fucking yeah. election in uh, in uh, <laughs> four months. So oh um, my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, you can always find me at Texas Zeller, uh, the podcast itself at TDIKMN. Um, if you want to hit up that Patreon, um, we really appreciate patreon.com backslash the Daves I know, um, the Daves I know That is a free newsletter. I've been I've been pumping them out. I just got nice. a wild hair. I got a wild hair up my ass last night and just uh, decided to write about cocaine and uh, soccer. So. Um, and didn't involve the Escobars, which was, you know, weird. Um, so yeah, so check that out again, uh, at yep. TDAKMN on Twitter, if you want to, if you want to engage with us on that stupid ass platform. Um, Luke, <laughs> this has been yeah. a goddamn uh, movie. Well, I know, yeah. I know. We, hey, you know what? We're, we're due for some more movie. Uh, we need to do some more movie episodes yeah, too. So we, we're, have you, do you own Victory? Cause we've been, I've been sitting I'll, on Victory. I'll get it. 
Okay. I'll get it. Yeah. Yes. Um. Well, and we'll. I'll get. I'll make Martin buy Victory, and then we will do Victory. Yes. We have a. Yeah. We'll get the game back together. Do a full blown movie pod. Like speaking of the of the Patreon. The podcast podcast, will go longer than the movie runtime itself. It's gonna be awesome. Speaking of the Patreon, we have we have we have a a movie only podcast that we do on the Patreon where uh, Luke, uh, Martin, and I all uh, yeah sit down and review soccer movies. We've done Better Like Beckham, Ladybugs. Oh, uh, Holy Goalie, which is fucking Holy Goalie, bonkers. Holy um, Goalie. Yeah. So the again, United. go to that Patreon if you want. If you if you, yeah. if you become a Patreon member, you get like the uh, the back catalog of all the things that we've done so far. So, Luke, I really appreciate this, man. Thanks for jumping on. Um, yeah, love we'll it. Hopefully, see you either in soon. Zoom form or in yeah. real life, uh, very, 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 very soon. So, pray for a vaccine, folks. That's all I can say. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Good to see you. All right. Good talk to you, man. We'll talk to you later. Try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We, 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 we do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all, son, y'all, son, 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 son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Check it out, guys. GT. He don't do nothing.